focus on who you are, what you're good at, what you enjoy give, uh, doing, and what you feel like you have to give to the world, right? What about you is special? And there is something about you that is special, I promise, right? There is something about you or your background or your work that people are interested in that they're going to ask you questions about. And that's the thing that you should build your work around, especially if it's something you enjoy doing. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Today's guest is Anella Malik. She is an influencer and writer who focuses on embracing nuance, imperfection, and joy through food, travel, and the mundane on her platform, Feed the Malik. She's also working on a book about the deep and enduring contributions of Black peoples to American cuisine for National Geographic and runs a thriving subscription community called Magic at the Margins, where members explore food and beverage on a deeper level through original content, events, and more. As you can see, she's very cool, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her a little bit more. Without further ado, my friend, Anella. Hello, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Why don't we go ahead and tell people your name and a little bit about you? Yeah, so my name is Anella Malik. I am an influencer, writer, and digital content creator. You can find me on most platforms at the handle Feed the Malik, which is my last name. And I focus on helping folks embrace nuance through food, travel, and what I call the everyday mundane. So lifestyle content, but really leaning into those parts of our lives that are universal and either bring us joy or frustration, right? Those experiences that connect us, which can be as simple as like the struggle for finding a pair of jeans that fit, you know, but that's something that we all deal with. And so I try to bring that aspect of our shared humanity into my work as well. I have loved all of the content you've created. And I would love for you to tell uh, the listeners a little bit about your subscription community and why you decided to do that? I mean, were you in corporate before or did you have like a nine to five job or something like that, that you had to make a switch and kind of follow your heart or what was the thinking behind starting that subscription community? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I was in corporate before I was an influencer. I was actually a U.S. diplomat and I served abroad and I thought I would be working in the foreign affairs space forever. It's what I studied. You know, I spent almost 10 years studying and practicing Arabic and I got a job working in the Middle East and I really, really loved it, but it didn't work for my family. And then COVID happened and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Right. I feel like the COVID COVID-19 pandemic has really forced a lot of us to reevaluate our priorities. And for me, I was like, I need to be close to family and I need to have control over where I live, which is like the big thing that you sacrifice when you become a diplomat, they get to send you places. And so I quit. And at the time I had my blog, but my blog had never been monetized. I had never really had any intention of being an influencer. I had actually started my my blog when I was in Amman, Jordan. And I had practiced Arabic and studied Arabic for many, many years. And so I wanted to push myself to get out of what I call the expat bubble, which I'm sure you're aware of is this phenomenon where not only Americans, lots of people do this. You travel abroad and you immediately find people who speak your language and understand your customs. Then you just hang out with them because it's easy. 
And I was in this country that I had studied and I was like, Jordan is dope. I have to get out of the bubble and I need to find an outlet to force myself to do that because it is easier to just hang out with Americans all the time. And so uh, I started blogging for fun. And when I quit my job a couple of years later, my blog had grown a lot. It had grown dramatically and I had had a few opportunities to make money using it. And so I thought, okay, I don't really have a backup plan. I just know that I need out of this situation that doesn't work for me. So I'll lean into Feed the Malik as an opportunity. Um, and I knew that brand partnerships could be really lucrative. And I also knew that they're unstable, the money's unpredictable, they often pay late, you know, all of the things that all of my influencer friends complained about. And I knew that in addition to those issues, I wanted to pursue a type of work that might be a little different than other influencers. So that's when I started my subscription, which at the time I never thought would be what it is, but now has grown to be the primary core of my business. And my subscription community is called Magic at the Margins. And in it, we really dig into issues in the food and beverage space um, that you know intersect with race, class, history, politics, and um, also the stories of marginalized peoples, which is why I call it Magic at the Margins. And that community is where I produce the majority of my work. We do weekly exclusive drops, whether they're video, original writing, sometimes we'll bring in paid guest writers. We had a paid guest writer who's written for Food and Wine Magazine. Um, and then every month we also do events for community members. So virtual cooking classes, uh, virtual cocktail classes, or when the weather's nice and we can be outside, we'll have dinner events and things like that. Um, so it's a self-contained space, but it also, helps support all my work on social media, which is why my platform has the space, I think, to engage in stories that um, sometimes are not so common in the influencer space. And that's just because I think we have a lot of financial freedom not having to rely on brand partnerships. That's so cool. I had no idea that was your story before starting what I know you as now, which is like a super cool influencer slash creator on socials. And I knew you had your subscription um, from when we first started following each other, but I had no idea the depth that that really, that community really provides like your, your subscription community. That's super cool. It was a very unexpected chain of events, which is life, right? Isn't that just how life works? Yeah. And I think it's so beautiful that things always happen when you put in the work and when you, when you really put in the work to something that you love. And I can just tell that you love what you do because it's like, it's really time consuming to be an influencer and a creator in all these different aspects. Like your subscription community, you were saying not only is like a blog, but it has these events and it has these different aspects to it that people look forward to every single week. So I think it also is a true testament to the kind of person you are, which is like you really work hard to create something really cool. And so it just happens to be the thing that is like your job. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Magic at the Margins, when did you start it? Um, I think a little bit over a year ago, end of 2020, maybe fall 2020. Wow. So like really the middle of the pandemic. Yes, because I was like, I have to figure out how to pay how the to bills. Do this. <laughs> Amazing. That's so cool that it like it manifested into this now, which is like your job job. It wasn't 
you know, intended to be my job job when it started. And now we have 600 members um, and are continuing to grow. Our goal is 3000, which is uh, being an influencer is expensive, which I think a lot of people don't understand. Creating content costs money. And so for example, I'll give an example. This, I'm really proud of this series we recently did on social media, exploring black history and excellence in Arkansas, which in the United States is a part of the country that not a lot of people know, know much about. Um, and a lot of people I would say have lots of stereotypes and biases about, right? So it was an opportunity to show people something else. And that series reached over a million people now on social media, and it was totally funded by my subscription community. So I drove to this part of rural Arkansas. I explored uh, an aspect of American food history that, you know, American barbecue is, is something we're very proud of, but it also is a cooking tradition that was originated by indigenous peoples and then later kind of stewarded by uh, black enslaved peoples. And so exploring that history here in Arkansas and you know, driving there, getting a hotel, cause it's like seven hours away from where I live, getting a hotel, paying for the food, filming, time, production, research, because we do a lot of research for the drops we create um, and a video editing. So it's, that project probably cost me a couple thousand dollars. And I'm very, very proud of it, but that's the kind of work that I'm able to do because I have a subscription community. So it kind of like my subscription is the place where I try to put my best content. I try to really pour into it because it makes me able to be able to do all of the other work that I want to do. So for example, um, another thing that we're doing that I will share with my subscription community way more in depth and more raw, but then of course I will share a little bit on social media because I think it's important is at the end of March, I'm slated to go to Iraq with my family for a week. Um, so my husband's Iraqi American and we both speak Arabic and, you know, he lived in the Middle East with me and this is something we wanted to do for a long time. And I was not permitted to go when I was a diplomat because they, there's really you know, so many rules when you work for the government. And so this is something I've wanted to do forever. He's been multiple times. We're going with his dad and his brothers. And it's going to be like, you know, from start to finish, just like time with all the cousins and the second cousins and the aunts and the uncles and food. And um, so I'll be taking my subscribers along with me doing kind of like newsletter, email drops. And then of course, a big video project for them that will debut a couple weeks afterwards. And it's kind of an opportunity to take you know, most of my subscribers are Americans, to take them along to a place that their only knowledge of it, only knowledge is when they watched the news about the U.S. invasion. Um, and as we know, like the news gives such a narrow picture of what a place is like, of what the people are like. And I, you know, I view it as like, it's a very personal experience, but it's also an opportunity to take people along with me to see something that they might never ever have a chance to see. I think that's so cool to be able to say that you help people kind of travel the world with you and learn as they travel with you, you know? Yeah, I think that it took me a long time to think of it that way because when you're building, when you're in the work, 
when you're focused just on like making sure this goes out on time and editing this, you, you don't take the time or as much time to think about like the framing and the, you know, the mission statement and all that stuff, which we're now doing together in the program we're in. Um, <laughs> but it, so it took me about a year to really realize that like, oh yeah, that is what we're doing. Yes, we're going deeper and we try to focus on food and beverage because it is a food and beverage community, but it's really an opportunity for folks to travel along with me and to learn as I learn, because I approach it that, you know, I'm a forever student. And so there's always something that I could be digging into. I love that you said that because that's how I introduced this podcast. Um, like my show is all about me also being a young creative entrepreneur on the same journey of just trying to figure out, you know, the pursuit of, of my journey or the journey of pursuit. And I love that you said that because I think that's, a, that's what a lot of us young creative entrepreneurs are doing, you know, and, and anything that you do, you yourself are learning on the way. I think it's really important to highlight that because some people just listen to stories or, or see people succeeding and then they forget that they them too have their own insecurities or their own questioning or their own battles of here or there, you know, it, it's an ongoing journey up, you know, but it doesn't mean that it looks linear. It's very scrambled along the way. What would you say is something maybe that you struggled with, like going getting to this moment here what's something that you feel like you've overcome that has helped you be where you are now so I think that and I still struggle with this um as an entrepreneur and a creative I struggle with self-promotion which is hilarious because I'm an influencer but just because you're an influencer or content creator doesn't mean that you like having to promote even your own work. Um, and so I struggle with still being like, oh, people are probably tired of me sharing about my community and sharing about my subscription. But then I have to be like, girl, your subscription is how you pay rent. <laughs> you know, you have to continue to share about it. And so it, to me, I think is rooted in this sense of almost like imposter syndrome. Um, I still have to like talk myself through it and be like, of course, you know, people are going to like your work or of course people are going to sign up for your subscription. When you launch anything, it's, it's there's this sense that like maybe you'll be screaming into the void. And, um, you know, a lot of it stems from feeling like you're not enough or you don't know enough um, or you don't have enough followers or et cetera, et cetera. So it's still hard for me to self-promote. I have forced myself to just do it. I have actually calendar alerts. Uh, every Monday I have to share about this. Every Tuesday I have to share about this because also when you work in social media or even if you, you, know, you work in an, another area but you're using social media as a tool, you're using it as a way to make sure people can find your work, can know about your work. You have to remember that social media never shows your work to all of your followers, right? You might have 30,000 followers and 3,000 people will see something, 10,000 people will see something. So I have to like set the calendar alerts and then remind myself every time like you're doing this because I promise you not everyone has seen what you've done and you need to make sure they see it because otherwise you just put in all this work and, you know, and then it, it doesn't, it doesn't reach people. And I think that's a really important strategy to use as a creative entrepreneur is having these little reminders as to why you're doing 
why you're doing this and having that kind of support for yourself, because I think it's really important to have people supporting you, but then also having these little snippets or reminders, like you were saying, that kind of pop up and tell you, like, don't forget to do this. You know, you're valuable. What you have to say is worth it. People need to hear what you have to say or what you want to share. You never know what could really like touch someone's soul, you know, like you really never know. Yeah, it's very true. With that said, what are some useful tips or strategies you've used other than what you just uh, shared to be able to create or do this as your full-time job? Hmm. So I got an accountant early on, which I would say is probably the best. And, and it's funny because, you know, an accountant costs money. And at the beginning, I was like, I don't want to spend any money because I'm not making money. And I had to get over this fear um, that everything would fall apart if I like, you know, spent any money on, on my creation or on my business. Um, and once I got over that fear, I was able to put systems in place that worked for me and getting an accountant, getting someone. So, you know, that at least in the United States, the tax system is so convoluted. Um, so, you know, that like, you know, you're doing what you need to do for your business is really, really important. And I would also say that my other tip is to not underestimate the power of free tools and free information. There are a lot of coaches. There are a lot of programs you can buy, you know, to do everything from manage your email to everything. Now there's always an app that's like, we can make you 22% more productive. That's great. Um, And I'm sure some of them work for some people, but YouTube, there is so much information on YouTube. There are so many tutorials and, and free kind of, you know, learning on YouTube. Um, there are so many free email clients, so many free apps. Use the tools you have and the tools you have access to, to the best of your ability. Use them until they are totally used up. Um, and you would be amazed how far you could go as an entrepreneur, as a creative Um, For example, I'm a full-time influencer and I have landed influencer partnerships, you know, in the five figures, et cetera. I don't own a camera. (laughs) I don't own a camera. I love that you said that. I don't know how to use a camera. I have an iPhone, folks. I feel you. And yes, for some partnerships, I'm sure it puts me at a disadvantage because as we know, some partners are looking for people with photography experience, but that's never been a hindrance for me in my career because even if I got a camera today, it will take me years to be a photographer with the depth of experience that other photographers have, people with a photography background. So I'm using the tools I have and I know how to use and I'm going to use them until they are used up and maybe one day I will get a camera, but I'm not going to get a camera until my phone becomes a hindrance and so far it has never been a hindrance for me being able to do the work that I need to do. I love that you said that because I feel that a lot of people who want to start doing social media or even start anything that's not even on socials, they look for that one thing that could be the excuse that just holds them back for many years. And I think having everything perfect or ready, or, you know, I really, I I think that that's actually the worst thing you could do because you really just need to start and you just need to like, remember that the value isn't in what you use. 
the value is in what you're creating, what you're saying, what you're doing, and how those things can affect people around you or even further away from where you are. So I love that you said that because I think it's true. I mean, everything you're creating is so valuable and you don't have a professional camera, but people are still believing in what you're doing because the value is in the craft that you're creating. Yeah. And the new phones are so good. (laughs) So good. The new iPhone shoots in 4K video. I mean, that's higher quality video than you would even probably want to embed on your website because it's a huge file. You know, like it's just, it's just, I think we, and I still do this. I still am like, oh, maybe I shouldn't apply for that opportunity because I don't know if I'm qualified. And then I have, it's on my calendar alerts that like once a week I try to apply for at least one thing. And so even if I don't think I'm qualified, like I still have to apply. Um, And you'll be amazed at how far you can go if you just stop getting in your own way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And also to add to that, doing it messy and just starting before you're ready. Like what you were saying about the accountant, I'm I'm sure you felt like you were starting something that you weren't necessarily ready for, but you were never really going to be ready to take that step of like realizing, okay, I need to set money aside to help, you know, have this person help me. And then I also need to start thinking like a business. And then I also start need to taking myself seriously. But if you never do those things, then you always have this, like, I don't know, like it's something that can probably hold you back just by thinking that you're not 1000% ready instead of realizing that through the mess, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, and I'm still not ready for half the projects I take on. I still, every time I'm like, well, we might mess this up, but it'll be fine. Um, And I also think for creatives in general, a fear of failure can be paralyzing. And even, even for me, like I'm running a business, I have a lot of, you know, responsibilities that I never thought I would have. And I'm still like sometimes paralyzed by the idea of like, what if it all doesn't work out? And my husband is always like, you would just get another job. And, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I emotionally, would I be upset? Like, would I probably be hurt because I really love what I do? Yes. But would the world fall apart? No. And so that, I think it's important to hold on to that, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a creative, um, you know, like, if it doesn't work, you adapt. And we've been doing that our whole lives. I actually remember seeing that on one of your stories recently. I think you posted about that, about how much you love your community and your subscription uh, membership, but that if anything were to happen and it didn't work out, it's okay to pivot. You know, it's okay to like find something else. And I think it's really important to have that in the back of your mind as a creative, because not everything will always go to plan and not everything will go to the way that you thought it would go, but that's okay. You're always able to figure things out. You're always able to do something else, or you're always able to just pivot and find another way. So I really love that you said that because I think a lot of young creative entrepreneurs uh, or social media uh, creators have that in the back of their mind, like it has to be perfect or it has to work out this way. And that could be really limiting because then it doesn't allow you to just be yourself or, you know, just take failure as redirection instead of like, I am a failure. Failing isn't who you are. It's just an event. Like it's just something that happened. And I think that's really important to separate the two. Yeah, no. And I, I mean, I still have to remind myself of that. 
And I also don't think, and this is something for entrepreneurs, I think is really, really important to understand. I don't think capitalism is fair, okay? And I think that a lot of us were raised with this idea that if you work hard and you just work hard enough that everything will be fine. And I'm like, I approach it from this perspective that capitalism is not fair. There is a lot of luck involved and there's even a lot of luck involved in social media. And so you work hard and you do what you can, but if it doesn't work out, it's not a personal failure. It's not a reflection on you or your work or the labor you put in. Everyone makes mistakes, even successful people make mistakes. I'm like, we have to detach our self-worth from the outcome because the outcome in many cases might be outside of our control. A thousand percent out of our control. And also we have to learn how to make the most of those situations because it's true what you're saying and you can put so much effort into this and you can still fail. But that doesn't mean that you are a failure like we were saying before. It just, you just have to learn how to make that work for you. Like if you do something that, you know, didn't do well on socials or you didn't get as many likes or it didn't go well with the campaign that you were working with or a brand you were working with, it's just a way for you to realize what worked and what didn't work. Why, why was it unsuccessful? Maybe it was the brand I chose or, you know, we worked and it wasn't a good fit or maybe it was just a really slow day that day. Like you really, you just have to take it for what it is, not take it personally and learn how to adapt to it and just go forward. Like, I think that's true with, not only social media, but any entrepreneur, people that are starting a product, people that are starting a service. It doesn't matter what it is. I, as a sister, as a, as a daughter, as a friend, I fail sometimes too. And that's okay. You just learn how to be better. You just learn what to do next time. Yeah. And I mean, I always have to hold on to that. I'm like, it's, it's like life is not fair. And if I just detach myself from this expectation that everything's going to be fair, I will have a much easier time handling what life throws at me. What would you say is uh, the best advice you've received? The best advice that I've received in the last few years is to bet on yourself. Um, and I think that especially women, we tend to hold ourselves back from opportunities because we don't think we're qualified enough because of the self-doubt or just because of the sense that maybe the space isn't just right for us. And um, I think that the only people we really harm when we do that is ourselves because we are capable of so much. And I'm like, if I'm truly capable of growing another human and then keeping that human alive and teaching them a language and teaching them social rules and like, like think of all the things you as a woman are expected to just magically be capable of, right? Um, then I could probably apply for this thing, even if it scares me a little bit. Uh, and so I think the betting on yourself part, especially for women or for like marginalized peoples, minorities is so important uh, because so often we've learned to be quiet. If someone is listening to this right now and wants to do the same thing that you've done with a subscription community or with social media or influencing, what would be your best advice or where would you point them? I would say that my best advice would be to really hone in on your kind of zone of genius and your uh, brand identity because so often, and I did this, I still struggle with this, right? We'll get into a creative space. We'll immediately just think that we should emulate the most successful person we see. 
whether or not that person has the same skills as us or the same interests as us, you know, the same background, they don't, they just, they don't, right? Everyone's so different. Um, but, you know, I think it's really easy to look at uh, a creator who's doing really well on TikTok and also has a subscription and say, I'm going to do exactly what they're going to do. Instead of saying, I'm going to learn the lessons I can learn from the strategies they seem to be implementing um, and then apply them to my own zone of creative genius. So really focus on who you are, what you're good at, what you enjoy give, uh, doing and what you feel like you have to give to the world, right? What about you is special? And there is something about you that is special, I promise, right? There is something about you or your background or your work that people are interested in that they're going to ask you questions about. And that's the thing that you should build your work around, especially if it's something you enjoy doing, right? You can outsource the stuff you don't enjoy. Like, I don't like accounting, I'm not doing it. but don't enter a creative space and immediately try to carbon copy the most successful person in the room. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to ignore that impulse because we're like, well, they did it exactly this way. So what if I did it exactly that way? But you are so different and what you bring to the table is so different. So it's really, I think, I always tell people this when they ask me about how to become an influencer. And I'm like, you need to get very, very good at telling people about who you are and what you're an expert in. And I, it better not be the exact same version that Sarah from over there is saying about who she is and what she's an expert at. Yeah, I love that. Bring, bring to the table what you can offer in a different way. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's been the key to, the, to my growth and success is that there was a time on social media when I was really, really interested in what other creators were doing that I thought were successful role models. And it, was, it wasn't until I started doing my own thing that was really much more in line with my interests and my area of expertise that I saw growth. Um, and now I look to successful creators and I try to think about the strategies they're using. So I'll be like, oh, I love the way that she's incorporating um, text into a reel and reels are usually very quick moving video. So incorporating text, like that's a good strategy, but would I try to copy the entire video? No. Anela, you are such a bright light. <laughs> I love what you, <laughs> you create and I just, you're like energy is infectious. I'm just so, I'm like buzzed right now with inspiration. So thank <laughs> you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, this was great. I really enjoy it. And, um, you know, I always find that when I talk to other creatives that I'm inspired because I'm like, see, you're not, you're not just out here doing it alone. Like sometimes it yeah. can feel very lonely, even if you're on social media, even if you're an influencer, yeah. so much of creative work happens in your brain. Like yeah. you're thinking, you're working through projects, you're you're inspired by something, but you have to mull it over for a while and figure out where you want to take it. And yeah. so, so much of it involves like sitting alone in a room. And I think people don't understand that. So it's always nice to connect with other creatives who I'm like, oh, they get it. Likewise. And I also love being able to support other creatives too, which I know like we've talked about with other, with these, the other creatives we're in the program with, but it really is really special when you realize that what you're doing isn't like a lonely 
place, you know, like there's, there's a spot for you and there's a way for you to communicate and connect with others that are doing similar things, but in a different, unique way. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Please let everyone know where they can find you or if they are interested in joining your community, how they can do so. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok primarily at feed the Malik. Uh, That's like feed, like feed me food. And then the Malik is my last name. So M as in Mary, I don't know, A-L-I-K. People are always like, how do you spell that? Um, And my website is feedthemalik.com. If you go there, you can join. I have a free email newsletter that really focuses on kind of hot takes and pressing issues in food and beverage. And then you will see my community there as well, Magic at the Margins, where we go deeper. And that's really my favorite space right now. So I hope to see you there. Yay. I'll have everything linked below too. So they can just click and and find you anywhere you just said. I told you she was really cool, right? Okay. Here are the takeaways from Anella's episode. Number one, if you don't have a backup plan, lean into the opportunity. Number two, make sure people see the work you've created. Find joy in self-promotion. Set the calendar alerts to just do it. Number three, Get over the fear that everything will fall apart if you spend money on your creations and or your business. Number four, don't underestimate the power of free tools and information. Use the ones you have access to to the best of your ability. Number five, detach your self-worth from the outcome because the outcome in many cases is out of our control. Number six, bet on yourself. Number seven, you'll be amazed at how far you can go if you just stop getting in your own way. And number eight, Focus on who you are, what you're good at, what you enjoy doing, and what you feel you have to give to the world. Amigos, thank you so much for being here. As always, if you found this episode useful, share it with a friend, share it on your socials. Let me know what you think. If you feel called to, please leave us a review or give us a rating. It would mean so much to me. Thank you so much for being here again, and I'll see you guys next week. Ciao!